grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we celebrate the first Sunday in Lent. And as you may have guessed from our scripture readings, the theme for the first Sunday in Lent is trials and temptations. Our Old Testament reading from Genesis tells us the story of the trial that Abraham faced when God called him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And our gospel reading from Mark tells us the brief account of the temptation of Jesus. And our epistle reading from James tells us about both trials and temptations. Trials and temptations. Well, speaking from firsthand experience, we certainly have our shares of them in this life, don't we? Our trials may be health issues, relationship conflicts, financial problems, and so on. And I imagine each of you has his own story or stories to tell as well. As a matter of fact, some of you sitting here today may be suffering from some kind of trial that you are going through in your life right now. While it may be easier for you to talk about the trials in your life, I don't think most of us are anxious to discuss the temptations we face in our lives. And we all have temptations that prey on us every day of our lives, don't we? Temptations more than others, right? But it's encouraging to see how James tackles the issues of trials and temptations. James doesn't talk about trials and temptations as something negative, as something that should drag us down. Instead, James talks about God and what God does in the midst of our trials and temptations. James reminds us that God, the giver of every good gift, is on our side, even in trials and temptations. And that, that makes all the difference. This may be hard for us to believe, especially when we're in the midst of some terrible trial. James begins by saying, Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Count it all joy. Easier to say than to do. Ask these three members of the former church that I served. Ask Ron if it was all joy slowly dying while lying in a hospital bed awaiting a heart to be found for transplanting. Ask Alan if it was all joy being transported to the ER after being run over by a truck. Ask Carolyn if it was all joy lying in the ICU with tubes running every which way, not knowing if the bleeding would ever stop. 
But this is what James is telling us. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. In our suffering, in our pain, in our weakness, and in our fear, God uses our trials to strengthen our faith. Ron, Ron received a new heart. Alan, Alan recovered from his injuries. And Carolyn, Carolyn recovered from her profuse bleeding. It was impossible for these three believers to flee from their trials. Were they suffering? Were they in pain? Were they weak? Were they afraid? You better believe it. They certainly were. As a matter of fact, they were scared to death. Yet in the midst of these trials, each one remained faithful. They remained faithful by clinging to God alone. And as they did, they could see his hand and experience his presence and power that sustained them throughout their trials. Yes, God is the giver of every good gift. And that includes his ability to take the trials we suffer and use them for our good to strengthen our faith in him and his dear and beloved son. Our Savior Jesus knows all about trials. From not having a place to lay his head, to his arrest and trial, to the mocking, beatings, and being spit upon, to a crown of thorns being rammed into his head, to being nailed to a cross, to a spear piercing his side, Jesus knows. The innocent ones suffered many trials that were beyond anything, anything that we can imagine. Yet he always had his eyes on his heavenly father during the very trials that his heavenly father ordained him to suffer for us. That is for you and for me. Why? To save us. In perfect obedience to the father, he suffered them all. Yet all the while he had perfect faith in his father and his father's plan for him. And so now in our times of trial, Jesus is right there with us. He knows exactly what we're going through and he sympathizes with us. But he does more than just sympathize with us. He gives us strength. He gives us comfort. He gives us hope. He gives us faith to endure it all and brings us through our trials and gives us life everlasting. And because our Savior suffered the trials of Calvary for you and for me and for all believers, the crown of life now awaits each of us. When you're wondering where God is when you're suffering, my dear brothers and sisters, go to the cross. He's there to give you strength, comfort, and hope. He's there to give you understanding. 
He's there to give you his presence and power to sustain you. He's there to give you his victory. Go to his word and let him speak to you. Go to his table and partake of his body and blood to strengthen you. Just go. Go. But then you ask, okay, but what about temptations? How are temptations positive? Well, for one thing, temptations are not, are not God's fault in doing. Our falling into temptation is not God's fault either. Sure, we would like to place the blame on God, wouldn't we? After all, he's the one who created us with our sinful desires in the first place. Well, God did create us and give us life. But in the beginning, God first created Adam and Eve. And they were perfect. And they lived in a perfect world and a perfect relationship with God. That was until that day in the garden when Satan tempted Eve. And she ate and Adam ate, and they saw that they were naked. And at that very moment, sin entered into the perfect world that God had created, and all creation fell. And you and me, and all believers, we've inherited that original sin of Adam, meaning we are poor, miserable sinners, from our very conception, and therefore subject to the temptations of Satan. In his book, Grace Upon Grace, Spirituality for Today, John Kleinig describes the devil as a hidden enemy and spiritual warfare the Christian endures as the hidden battle. He compares the attacks of Satan on the conscience of a believer to the sneak attacks endured by the U.S. soldiers in the war in Vietnam, where the enemy often hid from sight in underground tunnels. He writes, They were often confused and frustrated because there was no clear line of battle. The soldiers never knew who their enemies were or where they were located. Enemies would appear as if from out of nowhere, emerging from secret tunnels and disappearing in them once they lost their cover. This meant that the U.S. soldiers could rarely take the offensive. Mostly they discovered the enemy only when they came under attack. And that's how it is with us. There are no clear lines of battle that join us with our allies and separate us from our enemy. The enemy is hidden from us. The attack? The attack comes from inside us, our consciences. So whether we like it or not, we can't blame God for our temptations or for our falling into them. And James makes no bones about it. We needn't look any further than ourselves to find our source of temptations. James writes, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. The desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Each person 
his own desire. Did you hear that? Temptation is always around. There's enough for all of us, and we all struggle with it, don't we? We feel guilty and ashamed when we fall into it, and so we make up our minds to defeat it. But we can't, and we won't, and that's what happens when we trust in ourselves to overcome it. We fail to defeat it. And so for us, it's God, God to the rescue. He brings us good and perfect gifts. He brings us the message, the word of truth, the gospel. And that gospel tells us that God loves us and gave us the best and good and perfect gift. His son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus knows what trial is. Jesus knows what temptation is. Not only was he tempted by Satan, but he endured Satan's greatest temptation. And that was to avoid the cross. That's right. Not to go to the cross. Not to suffer and die. To save you and me and all creation. But Jesus overcame that temptation. He did go to the cross for you and me. And there he did pay for all the times that we have fallen into temptation. He did what we are incapable of doing. Only Jesus, the sacrificial lamb of God, through his crucifixion, could and did take away the sins of the world. And only Jesus could and did defeat temptation for all of us. What a blessing. We're truly God's children. The first fruits, as James calls us, we belong to God. And God loves us. He sent his son to die for us, to redeem us, to save us. And through his suffering, death, and resurrection, we are forgiven our sins and receive God's gifts of salvation and eternal life. And in him alone, we receive that crown of life. We receive heaven itself. We receive the power we need to go through the trials and temptations of this world. He feeds and sustains us with his word. He strengthens us in his presence and promises. His victory over sin, death, and the devil is now our victory. And even if we fail, even with we fail, he picks us up, he forgives us, and he strengthens us for the next time the temptations come knocks, knocking at our doors. Yes, God knows all about trials and temptations. He sent his only son to suffer them as we do. And he gives us all we need to come through the trials and temptations of this world. And one day, one day we too will receive the crown of life that Jesus has won, through, won for us through his victory on the cross and the empty tomb. Amen.